Welcome to The Power of Data, the podcast by Dun & Bradstreet. Data is everywhere, and there is more created every second of every day. Join us to hear from leaders unlocking the value of data. Hi, welcome back. You're joined by me, Sam, International Chief Marketing Officer at Dun & Bradstreet. And today I have the huge privilege of being joined by a captain of industry from Canada, Mark Berenshay, Vice Chair, Chief Executive Officer, and Chief Technology Officer at OpenText. Welcome, Mark. Sam, hello. Great to be with you today. Thank you. And this is a real privilege and one of the few silver linings from COVID-19. Normally, we would have to be in person to do this. And now we get to do a transatlantic podcast over Zoom. And other than being there and having the rapport in person, it's just as good. So one of the things we'll be talking about today is the power of technology and communication, of which both of our firms are at the heart of. So you've had an extensive career. You've held very senior positions in companies like Oracle, CA, Rackable Systems. Could you tell us a little bit about your career and and your journey to becoming the chief executive of Canada's largest software company? Yes, Sam would be uh, delighted to. You know, I I started out as a programmer writing C and C++ code. And, you know, through time, I had a variety of mentors and good career pathing. I became, you know, a manager, then an architect, and then began to lead engineering divisions made my way to Oracle, where I led a good portion of the applications division, working for Mr. Ellison directly at Oracle. And you just have always kind of maintained a view that, you know, I I try to wake up every day and and make a difference and and have an impact. And that sort of led me to connecting with OpenText and getting to know the board and the leadership and then joining them as CEO and CTO about 10 years ago. Wow. And if I'm right, you became the president and CEO in January 2012. And then I think it was like four years later, you took on the role of chief technology officer, which is clearly testament to your deep understanding of, of technology, as we just heard. What was it that made you personally want to take on the CTO role? Well, look, we're a technology company, and I want to continue to stay very close to the technology. You know, it's still early days in digitalization, cloudification. And just as you know, you kicked off today, look at all the accelerated conversations around digitalization, how work from home is going to forever change the nature of home, which is home and work in a playground, in a gym, <laughs> in a school, and the technology that's going to drive behind it. So being CTO allows me to stay very close, help shape our direction, and, and engage deeply in customer and transformation discussions. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. I was doing a bit of research for this earlier this week, and you were speaking on the podcast. I think it was called Speaking of Business uh, about a month ago. And the tagline was, there's going to be a new normal. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, I'd be naive not to, but we're heading at lightning pace towards this sort of digital singularity. Right? We're never going to be able to slow it down again. And yes, it is early days in digitization. And it's early days, ultimately, for technology companies like OpenText or even 180-year-old data business like, like DMB. But we've never needed or been so reliant on technology and the connectivity that it enables. You guys were recently actually named a leader, I think, for customer comms by IDC earlier this month, which is an amazing accolade in, in times of social distancing. So can you maybe tell our, our listeners a little bit about OpenText, how you empower companies to drive 
growth and productivity, particularly in a time like this. Yeah, happy to kind of brainstorm a little bit here with you. You know, I used a sort of a moniker pre-COVID where I was articulating in the early days of digital, we've never been this busy, but we'll never be this slow again. <laughs> and just talking about the, the, the pace of change and the pandemic is just going to have structural shifts. It's going to create structural shifts. Hybrid work will be here forever. You know, home is no longer home, right? It's home, it's work, to school, to gym. The direct-to-consumer is going to get just completely accelerated. Supply chains, you know, after the Great Recession, supply chains got reordered to just in time. This great lockdown will transform supply chains. So, I mean, I think there, there are going to be a couple of very pivotal technologies that are just going to accelerate digital. One is data companies, you know, such as Dun & Bradstreet. The second is the automation around data. And those are the things that we do at OpenText. We're a platform to help enable remote work, to help manage and create agile supply chains. We got a big security and data protection practice as well. So pre-COVID, the world was about really getting the process advantage. I think post-COVID and in the new normal, it's going to be about the information advantage. And I think the world is going to shift in digital to kind of getting the processes right to getting the data and information right. I love that. You've just said it there, the data businesses and automation businesses will accelerate the new world normal. And I think you're right. In fact, if I remember correctly, it's a part of your company slogan and identity, unlocking the information advantage, I think. You know, I often talk to people about this, you know, Dun & Bradstreet is a very old business. It's almost an oxymoron to say it's a 180-year-old data business. But the reality is its time is, is just coming. It has never been a more exciting time to be a business intelligence firm. And I really do believe that the atrocities, unfortunately, of COVID-19 are going to accelerate the necessity of what we as companies do to help other companies survive, to help other companies grow, to help other companies continue to employ. And yeah, it's going to be exciting, but there's, there's a huge responsibility, I think, for firms like that. Do you feel that responsibility? Oh, absolutely. And I do think in technology, there is a kind of a clear distinction between kind of process automation and data automation, the two very different things. And no doubt that the better the process, the better the data you produce, and the better the data you produce, the stronger the process. So they sort of live in simpatico. And every software company is also a data company. And if you're just a software automation company, you're not paying attention to your data, then you're not going to reach your full potential. And I think with that comes great responsibility. You know, we look at this era of pandemic, and it's about trust and truthfulness. The reason you and I can do our podcast today is we know each other. It's a trusted relationship. So we're going to lean on trust and truthfulness really hard in this era. And that translates not just to how we behave and how we interact, but what we automate and how we use the data that we generate. It needs to be truthful, it needs to be trusted, and it needs to be used for the good. Poetry, because one of the things I've been talking about, actually, and I was speaking to one of the big four chairmen earlier this week, and we spoke about how the world's going to change. And I think there's a scary generational divide that could be coming between the elderly and the young generations and their yeah. juxtaposed financial versus physical health. But one of the other big interesting areas, I think, is going to be how public and private sectors will have to be far more tightly integrated as government wants to become more deeply involved in business in terms of long-term value. 
And at the very heart of that is what OpenText and DMB have been doing for a long, long time. It's creating trust and credibility and knowing who you're doing business with and, and what you're doing. It's a really, really important business principle, the trust piece. Data and analytics can be more valuable than ever during uncertain times. The Dunn & Bradstreet team came together and asked ourselves, if we were a small business, what would we want right now? The answer? To use the DNB Business Essentials platform to find new customers and manage credit. Free for the first three months. To find out more, visit dnb.co.uk forward slash business essentials. And actually, that brings me nicely to a partnership that we recently announced. We announced it just over a month ago, nearly, or just under, in fact, where we integrated DMB data and insights to build trust and minimize risk and supply chains into your open text trading yeah. grid capability, which is a super powerful supplier sourcing and onboarding platform. Can you tell us a little bit about the platform and the importance of combining our two capabilities, as you kind of spoke about a little bit earlier? Very happy to. So we're a leading provider of a business network that brings together digitally trading partners. And this community, this digital community, runs the world's largest supply chains from Procter & Gamble, Nestle, Citibank Cash Management, Auto, Airlines, all the top industries. And what our platform allows is to set up those who you trade with, be able to connect that to all your systems, and then manage your digital supply chains. One of the things we saw together with Dun & Bradstreet was, let's get to an industry standard to recognize those companies, those trading partners. And let's get a unique ID that's trusted. So we've integrated Dun & Bradstreet into our trading community. So we can now identify through a trusted leader yourselves to validate a trading partner. And that was important in the world of digital. It's important in the world when we're working remote. Second thing we wanted to do was to enrich our data. So our supply chain runs in a network, and how do we ensure sustainability? How do we ensure strong ethics and trust in the multi-layered aspects of the supply chain? With Dun & Bradstreet data and other enriched data that we can bring, when you decide to trade with someone in that network, you can have a stronger reliance on are they trusted, are they ethical, are they sustainable? So we're delighted to bring the partnership together with Dun & Bradstreet, integrate the technology. We're live. And look, I'll give a kind of a proof point. Over the last 30 days, we helped an auto manufacturer within six days onboard 200 new trading partners, 2,000 new parts, and transition their auto line to creating ventilators. And that was a world record that we could see on refurbishing a supply line and a production line to a new set of products. The physical restructuring of the supply line was pretty straightforward, but we got all the systems and all the training partners working in seven days digitally. That's just a proof point of bringing the partnership together. That's awesome. I love that. And it's wonderful to hear some of the great work that you guys are at the center of around COVID-19. 
we've been you know, similar to you thinking about how to best use our unique assets in similar ways. And you know, one of the things we've done in Canada, in fact, and in the US and in the UK and Ireland is build a COVID-19 impact action platform where we have made our universe of business data available to governments to help them assess the business universe and, and help them think about the stimulus packages and who needs help where and when to segment against the most needy and the least. It's been super rewarding. And I think like you, a great display of, of data for good, which is a big team within our firm and yours. You talked a little bit earlier about the difference between data processes and data automation. It, it jogged my memory. So on March 12th, we made an acquisition of an organization called CoAction that helps our clients. Well, it's a core component in the automation of credit to cash processes and driving improved efficiencies. And it's effectively a provider of revenue cycle management software for collections. And at the same time, lots of memory jogging going on here. I remember looking through all of your acquisitions and the one I love, which I would love to hear a little bit more about, because I think there's firstly some synergies with our firm and some opportunities, but but really because I just think it's a really cool business, is Carbonite, which is the cloud-based data protection firm that you acquired. Was it last year? In December last year. Can you tell us a little bit about Carbonite and a little bit about that m and strategy you've got for your overall digital roadmap? Yeah, for sure. Maybe just starting with our approach to M&A and then a little bit about Carbonite. We're a young company at OpenText. We're 28 years old, turning 30 soon. I'd love to celebrate my 100th birthday at some point, <laughs> but uh, we're, we're still in our 20s and soon to be in our 30s. Our customers have a lot of requirements, so we're not bashful around filling those functional needs through strategic M&A. And it's become a core discipline in our company. And over our you know, 28-year history, we've completed near 80 acquisitions. And wow. uh, we grow organically. We have $350 million R&D budget per year. But we're also going to put our capital to work to keep expanding our portfolio. You know, we're a top 10 software company in the world today. But our customers have great needs around information management. So we're just going to put all our capital to work both organically and through M&A, smartly, of course, to keep expanding our portfolio. Most recent acquisition of Carbonite and all the things that we've talked about of accelerating digitalization, the work from home explosion, probably a re-swizzling of supply chains, you know, post-pandemic, customer experiences, contactless retail, all these processes need to be secured. And the data needs to be protected. And that's what Carbonite does. Carbonite is a cloud-based platform for data protection and threat protection. They're a market leader in the space, primarily North American-based company. And we're working hard on the integration and bringing that platform globally. But of all the things we've talked about from process automation, data, information advantage, all these structural shifts... We believe they just fundamentally need to be secured and the data needs to be protected. And, and that's what Carbonite does. That's awesome. I've got so many things I want to ask you, but probably shouldn't do on a recorded <laughs> open line for the public. When you, when you talk about Carbonite protecting data, I've got all of these incredible ideas. A fun fact here is we save a company every hour from ransomware, wow. given our technology, right? So we have a little clock in the office that runs of the companies we help save. You know, there's a special place in, you know, Dante's many layers for those who try to exploit 
this pandemic, but we're saving a company every hour from ransomware, as an example. That's awesome. If I was an insurer, I would be biting your arm off for a cyber insurance partnership. <laughs> um, you know, I've got one of those that just leaves somewhere too, I'm sure. We always end the podcast with, with some more lighthearted aspects. You, you mentioned earlier, and it really is a topic close to my heart, the talent side of things. And I spent a lot of time thinking about next generation talent in a world that, as you said, will never move this slowly again. You know, it's not an easy thing yeah. to equip the next generation with the right skills that will end up being relevant for a career. In fact, it's going to be near impossible, I think. Particularly when, like me, you don't have that many skills. It's a, it's a pretty daunting <laughs> thought. But um, it sounds to me like a uh, young age, you spend a lot of time with people you took a lot of life's rich lessons from, including Larry Ellison and others. Who have some of those mentors been and what are some of the lessons that you've learned from them? Yeah, great question. I think we strive to be masters at what we do. And uh, I certainly look towards Mr. Ellison as a mentor in my career. And uh, one of the lessons I learned was make a difference every day, bring your best self every day, and really strive to master what you do. And uh, if you combine that energy, that ability to bring your best self to the biggest problem every day, and set yourself on, on a path to master your discipline, whether it be marketing, whether it be engineering, whether it be sales, whether it be a tax professional, go master what you do. And I think you'll find great enrichment on that. In my journey as well, and I'm very happy to share this, You know, I recovered from leukemia five years ago and went all the way through a bone marrow transplant. And I'm graced with the survival from a very difficult cancer. But I've also learned through time to not just lead with our heads, but also to lead with our heart and to have great empathy and great connection to our people and the network in which we live. So maybe those are two lessons or two life journeys I can, I can share with your listeners today. I think, Mark, the part with leading with your, your heart as well as your head is, is the sign of a leader that I think can transcend the day-to-day -day business world that becomes sometimes so difficult to cope with. And we're in a place where that kind of leadership is essential at the moment. With teams of people in houses and apartments, in many cases, homeschooling, working yeah. around the clock because their colleagues are all in front of their laptops and productivity has gone through the roof, which on one hand is a good thing for the company and on the other hand is a terrible thing for mental health. And largely, you know, the parents and often women in these situations are the most disadvantaged. But Rather than ending on a morbid note, let's, let's end on a positive one. And I wonder if you could share with our listeners, who are some of the leaders and companies that you've been inspired by in the recent months through coronavirus? Well, I think Microsoft's done a great job, you know, both from their technology, their team's technology, and of course, their Zoom and, and, and other technologies as well. But I think Microsoft has really done a, a fantastic job of standing up, communicating, leading the way both in responses and in marrying that with technology. I tip my hat to Microsoft. They've done a real nice job. I've got a lot I can say about Microsoft. The, the chairman, John Thompson, is on an advisory board that I'm involved with. And he actually also is a, a subscriber to the phrase you said, never has it been this busy and all will be this slow again. He said it, in yeah. fact, on a podcast I once did with him. But John and Satya are a wonderful pair, which is a perfect place to end because the pair that is at Open Text, Mark Baranche and Tom Jenkins, are also a great pair. 
and I would be remiss if I didn't thank Tom for the original connection to you, Mark. He very kindly, after a meeting at the World Economic Forum, connected us, said it would be a fruitful conversation and, and we would get on well. And that is so true. So huge yeah. thanks to Tom. We're great partners in open text and, and he sends his regards today. Awesome. Mark, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time and the rich content. Yep, Sam, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Find out more about how Dun & Bradstreet can help your business be better. Contact us at marketinguk at dnb.com. And remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts.